I'm Colleen, and this podcast is an inside look at recovery, which I define as a lifelong journey to get out of your own way and become your own best friend. Join me for mindset upgrades that move you from worry and regret to resilience and confidence. I'll share easy strategies for how to feel better without having to make major changes. Because it's not what you do, it's who you are. Self-care is the path to recovery because our needs are not negotiable. Hey everybody. So I'm releasing this as a bonus episode because it's time sensitive. Um, Rita Black, I met her at a leadership conference for a mastermind group we're both in in Phoenix a couple weeks ago. And when she told me about what she does, which she is a clinical hypnotherapist, uh, and she specializes in weight management and also smoking cessation, I really wanted to share this with you. And I wanted to share it with you now because she is offering a free masterclass that includes light hypnosis, And it's April 26th um, at either 9 a.m. or 5 p.m. Pacific. And I'll put the link in the show notes so that you can register. But I know for those of us that have struggled with alcohol, that's not the only thing we're struggling with. And I, too, was I wasn't a smoker, but I was a vapor. Uh, I vaped like it was my job. And once I quit drinking and got you know, that under control and was happy and moving on and realized that I could break addictive habits, I was ready to jump into the vaping thing. And that habit was almost harder to break than alcohol. Well, for sure it was, not almost. And when I spoke with Rita, she was sharing her process of how hypnosis accesses the subconscious mind and how you kind of need to shift your identity. I also went and listened to her podcast because I was traveling and she's got a great podcast called Thinking Thin. I highly recommend you check that out as well. But this interview is us deep diving into the science behind hypnosis, what it is, what you think it is, and what it really isn't. It's not some, you know, sitting there looking at a watch and counting backwards and giving control over to somebody. Um, But this episode is fabulous, and Rita really opens up about her own journey in both smoking and weight loss and how she's helped thousands of clients um, like literally one section, one session to get help smokers. And then she has a 30 day program for weight loss, because as we discuss, it's a little bit of a bigger issue because it's more of an identity. So this conversation is the two of us going back and forth between the tools that we've used. And we have a lot of overlap in our opinions about our beliefs and how our identity is truly driving our behavior and how in order to change any bad habit, you really have to start with who you think you are and what you think you're capable of. So enjoy the episode. So thank you, Rita, for joining me today. I'm so excited to have this conversation. It intrigues me so much, the idea of hypnosis. And I know that your specialty is weight and smokers, but I have to tell you, I think my audience is going to be super pumped to hear your approach and what hypnosis is. And I just want to share a personal antidote. You know, when I was still drinking and Mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out 
you know, oh, I tried so many different things to control myself. And one of them that caught my attention was hypnosis. And I was buying books on self-hypnosis. And I will let you know that trying to hypnotize yourself while you're uh, loaded on vodka, it's not so <laughs> effective. It didn't actually work for me. Um, I have to be honest, but I did try it. And I, I feel like as much as hypnosis is a completely different modality than say what I do with emotional sobriety, I do feel like we both, the, the upstream nugget that's the same is getting into the subconscious. So I would love just to hear, you know, do you want to introduce yourself and your business sure. and just who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, hi everybody. I'm Rita Black. I am a clinical hypnotherapist. I have been helping people Primarily, that I'm not like a average, uh, you know, do it all past life regressions, phobias. I'm just very much a specialist in uh, smoking cessation and weight management because those were the two things that hypnosis helped me overcome. So I've walked that journey. I'm really dedicated to the, those those people. Uh, taking them from the world of smoking to the world of non-smoking and the world of weight struggling to a world of weight mastery. So those are the journeys I'm used to guiding people on. So I love those journeys with hypnosis. Well, how did you become a hypnotherapist? How does one uh, become that? <laughs> well, very carefully. So I, uh, the, I mean, if you had said to me 25 years ago, uh, you know, that you were going to be a hypnotherapist, I would have said, what? No effing way. Um, because like, I thought hypnosis, I'd been to some hypnosis shows and I thought it was like, you know, you know, the watch, the guy in the polyester suit with the watch and <clears throat> bark like a dog. And I have authority and control over you. Uh, but I was a pack and a half a day smoker and I struggled with my weight up and down the scale, 40 pounds for a long time, like since I was eight. And then, and, and so for over a couple of decades and I had major eating issues and uh, binge eating disorder, a, a bunch of stuff. And what happened to me was I had quit smoking just like cold turkey and I was able to do it for about six months, but I was miserable and I went back to smoking. And then I went a few more years and <clears throat> it was just like, it was a pack and a half a day. It was like a part-time job and I was enough. And a friend of mine used hypnosis and it worked for her. And she was like kind of the smoker I was, we would get together and smoke and we're like, nobody smokes like us. And then I went to the same person she used and I left a non-smoker and it wasn't like it was magic. It wasn't like it was voodoo, but what happened was my mind was in a relaxed state and I heard the suggestions of really shifting. I mean, there were many suggestions, but the main suggestion I got was I am now going to be a non-smoker. It wasn't about not smoking. It was about stepping into a new identity and beginning to live my life from that place. And so I left that office with this new sense of myself. Uh, and, um, you know, I was even walking by because this was a long time ago. This was back when people smoked on the street without shame in California. <laughs> so that was a long time ago because <laughs> you can't 
smoke without shame without a million people like coughing or waving their, their hands in front of their face now. But, um, but no, there were people on the street smoking. And I was like, I don't do that anymore. And it was really kind of amazing. And I was able to not have any, uh, you know, I thought about cigarettes, but the thoughts passed through my mind very quickly. And I kind of got on with my life of being a non-smoker. Now, what happened though, around that same time was I was, I had used smoking also to manage my weight and not very well because I was still able to struggle up and down the scale, you know, 20, 30, 40 pounds. So I was very afraid of gaining weight when I quit smoking, but I actually, you know, kind of sat down uh, and I said, wow, you became a non-smoker. If you can do that, maybe you can use hypnosis to change your thinking about yourself and, and, and redefine who you are. Because I, I had this epiphany moment with weight because I was a good dieter. I could, I, you know, I'd been on a million diets. I knew them all. I was a professional dieter. So I could go on a diet. I could lose weight, but I could never keep it off. And I remember one day I just, got on the scale and I had been on some, you know, stupid diet and I'd lost weight. And it was interesting because I had lost weight, but I was so heartbroken because I knew I was going to gain that weight back. And I knew I was just running another cycle of this crazy cycle that I now call, you know, start over again tomorrow cycle, like this, you know, epidemic that a lot of people are caught up in. And I just sat on my scale and I cried for a very long time and it was very cathartic. And then this kind of little voice within me said, you know what, you can figure this out, but you're never going to diet again. And, and, uh, and that was when I started using hypnosis as part of, you know, not, it was an entirely hypnosis, but part of a recovery, like I wouldn't call it recovery, but part of a process that I engaged in, in order to, you know, release weight. And, you know, I've kept that 40 pounds off for 27 years. And, um, through having, through both my parents dying, through having children. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, so when I quit smoking and then I lost that weight pretty early on in that process, I was like, this is so cool that I could do this you know, I want to help other people too, because I had another career. I wasn't, but I didn't love my career, even though it was, you know, uh, I was a, a screenwriter. People would think, oh, what a fun career, but I didn't really love working for Hollywood. And, and, um, I really wanted, I, every day I was waking up and going, please universe, bring me something that is a vocation that I can really make a difference with people because I didn't feel like I was making a difference writing screenplays. I know some people really do make differences writing screenplays. I wasn't one of them. So, um, I, uh, I trained and then I just started helping people, you know, and, uh, in my practice and I've been doing that for 20 years, but at, at a certain point I started to put my stuff online because I wanted to make coming to me more affordable and more accessible to more people. And, um, yeah, so that's, kind of how I got to where I am today. I just, you know, took it one step in front of the other, basically. 
Can you explain how it works? You know, you mentioned that you your mind was in a relaxed state and yeah. that the suggestion that you were no longer a non or that you were no longer a smoker yeah. was somehow this pivotal moment. And yes. as I shared with my own attempts to hypnotize myself, you know, putting putting myself in and truly almost meditating and really trying to feel the identity. I mean, I feel like I tried so much of that. Of course, I didn't have the education. I had nobody guiding me. But can you explain what the difference is that you do with your clients and how you are able to make that stick? Sure. Um, so let me be very clear from the beginning that smoking cessation and weight management are two different animals as far as I can help somebody become a non-smoker in one session. Um, with weight management, it's more of a process because there's so much more involved with weight. Um, so, but for both things, I'm, I have my little brain here. <laughs> bad idea, bad drawing of a brain, but this is, you know, I'm not an artist, but, uh, you know, and, and I know you talk a lot about willpower and the mind model belief is that, you know, about 12% of our mind is the critical analytical willpower part of our mind. And that's the part of the mind that, you know, wants to lose weight, wants to quit smoking, you know, it's very clear. It's bad for me, or, you know, I have diabetes. I shouldn't, you know, all the bads and shouldn'ts. And, and really that part kind of knows how to diet or how to quit smoking. I know. So, but the, in the subconscious mind are these much more powerful things, right? Like our identity. Now, when we smoke, we see ourselves as a smoker. And so if I'm, tr if I see myself as a smoker and I'm trying not to smoke, my brain's like, but I'm a smoker. It doesn't get it. But the moment, like I explained to people very simply, when you got married, you stepped in from being a single person to a married person in a nanosecond. And you began to adapt to that identity. You had a what is called a cognitive reframe. And I'm sure you've heard of that. That's like where your brain just gets a whole new take on who you are in that moment. Because we have thousands of identities. And I, I don't know if you've read the like James Clear um, Atomic Habits, but he says the root of any pivotal change is identity. Right. So so we so identity or somebody who struggles with their weight. I had for 20 years struggled with my way. I saw myself as impossible. I'm a weight struggler. I'm an overeater. I, I had so many labels. So when I stepped into my new world, I, I was a weight apprentice. I was an apprentice of weight mastery. I started to, because apprentices, because we're so caught up in perfectionism, apprentices make mistakes, but they learn from them. But with the weight struggle cycle, we get into this sort of, uh, deprivation, restriction, then we make the mistake, then we take, then we say, oh, well, I'll start again tomorrow model, where then we can eat as much as we want in between that moment and the, you know, tomorrow. And, uh, and so, and then we get into, and then our brain, our dopamine center gets in the habit of that because there's a payoff, there's the release, and then there's the restriction again. And it's very familiar and it's very comfortable. But the, the moment you step out of that and you see yourself as an apprentice and you the way you communicate with yourself in that moment that you usually would give up changes. The way you see 
that process changes because you see that, oh, you know, that didn't work for me. Why? And how can I change that the next time around? So you start to put the pieces of the puzzle together and you start to get recovery. You start to get solutions. But, you you know, very similar, I'm sure, to what you do. It's like you have to remove the shame and you have to step into something where you have power because as a weight struggler, you have no power. You have no belief that you're going to be successful. You have years and years of failed diets and it hasn't worked and you're other people in your environment who are supporting that belief and you need to really step out. So anyway, I'm sorry, I'm getting off track, but but identity to me is like such a huge piece of this uh, for anything. But so, so we have in our subconscious, our identity, our belief system. uh, And, and again, with smoking and with weight management, we're steeped in limiting beliefs about ourselves and our ability to control ourselves. We have limiting beliefs about nicotine, like it's hard to come off of and it's bad withdrawal and with sugar and, and uh, you know, fa- you know, like with, with weight, I mean, from the moment we're born, we're steeped in beliefs of our family, our culture, or, you know, there's uh, ourselves. And then we have habits. And those are those patterns that just repeat themselves on automatic pilot, right? And those are very subconscious. And then we also have our protection. I think you talked about that with stress, like that just automatic stress response system that gets into play. So, so in from birth and tour in our twenties, everything our parents, teachers, life experiences get imprinted on our subconscious mind. And then somewhere in our twenties, or you know, throughout our twenties we develop what is called a critical filter. And it's a brilliant mechanism that our our evolutionary processes come up with, which filters out the millions and millions of nanobytes of information that are coming our way every single second. You know, so our brain is saying, no, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. That I don't believe in that. You know, my mom said no to that. And my dad said no to that. And, and you know, my priest said this and, you know, like whatever, we're filtering our reality it's kind of like what the algorithms do on Facebook and Instagram now, but our brain does it. So, so we can try to quit smoking with that 12% willpower brain, or we could try to lose weight with that 12% brain, but the, the, the damn, you know, like we get a few days in and we, we start to crack or we lose, we lose the weight, but then, uh, you know, there's there's the subconscious part of the mind that just is waiting to go back to those old behaviors, those old thinking models. So hypnosis is in a state of hypnosis, this critical filter is relaxed. It's not removed, it's relaxed. So somebody who's doing hypnosis, like uh, one needs to absolutely want the change because I'm not, people come to me all the time. They're like, my husband needs to quit smoking. Um can you, you can make him stop smoking. And I was like, no, your husband needs to want to stop smoking. I'm sorry. You know, like when he wants to, you have him come to me, but otherwise he's not going to stop smoking. Hypnosis can only make you do something. I mean, you know, can aid you. It's a tool. It's a, it's not, uh, you know, people think, oh, you're going to make me do this. It's like, I'm not all hypnosis is self-hypnosis, but I'm a guide. I'm a practitioner. I'm a, I get people ready and then I guide them through. And so anyway, in the hypnosis state, this critical factor is released uh, is filter is re- relaxed. 
and we're able to give suggestions. And a lot of suggestions aren't like direct suggestions. Some of them are, but some of them are metaphors. Some of them are storytelling. And you're guiding the brain through. So they're getting more of these reframes and aha moments. And a lot of what you talk about too, Colleen, is actually feeling that feeling on a subconscious level of what it's going to feel like to have to be a non-smoker or to be to be in that moment where you're tempted and to say no and to feel awesome because so much our dopamine center will take us to the moment and be like you want to do that you want to do that you want to do that and we and and we're only interested in that one moment the dopamine center is very selfish it doesn't care about you or your future or how you feel about yourself right we all know that but it's not thinking about how you're going to feel tomorrow morning it's not feeling it is it's only interested but in hypnosis you can and i'm sure it in what your work is too that you're you're able then to get to that other side and feel that feeling and go yes that's what i want and that's more important to me than that feeling here that feeling there so hypnosis can provide your subconscious mind in a much quicker way radical change just because it's engaging these deeper parts of the mind. Now with weight, like I said, it takes a little more because there's so much to weight management, as you know, because I know Colleen, you've worked with people in weight management. It's not, it's not just, because once you become a non-smoker, nowadays especially, there's nobody in your face smoking cigarettes or ask, you know, like passing them around. I used to live in Europe and, you know, people would pass around their packs and, you know, it was a social thing. Uh, you know, you never need to smoke a cigarette again in order to live your life. But with weight management, you are showing up to food every day and having to make decisions and you're living in a family that has habits and, you know, there's so much involved. But um, I have a 30-day process that really helps people, uh, you know, re-identify and then to begin to work through the beliefs and the habits and to focus on what I call the skill set of weight mastery, which is based on like uh, 200 studies of people who have taken weight off and kept it off permanently. So I, I'm really invested in very much a student of long-term permanent weight mastery. Like what is that skill set and how do people, you know, go there? And, and now having been somebody who's had long-term permanent weight mastery, just that emotional journey as well. So your program is 30 days at specifically for weight management. Can you pull the curtain back? Like if I was going to join your program, what does it look like? How often do I meet just with you or is there group? And then is there group discussion or is it just you guiding people through a process? How often, how much of your life does it take? You know, is this something that you do <laughs> a week and then boom, you're good? Or is there a lot of homework or other focus required? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So the way the process is laid out, it has a preparation period. I mean, there's two ways I work with people and it's all online. I, I, I do see people in my office one-on-one, but I, the process itself, like I've been doing what I do for 20 years and, and I have found that the process itself is more impactful than actually to see me one-on-one, -on -one, which is kind of crazy, but why it happens is because it's cumulative. So what the process is that you go through a preparation uh, at where you aren't actually doing hypnosis, but you're kind of learning about 
the skill set of weight mastery. And then you begin a 30-day process. And each day during the process, you do a morning meditation, which really kind of sets your brain up for the day because our willpower is very limited. Most people who struggle, and, and maybe I think it's kind of the same with alcohol too, you know, most people who struggle with their weight don't struggle at breakfast or lunch. They, right. they are struggling from four o'clock on. And that's because willpower is a limited resource, right? And the more decisions you make over the course of the day, the more your brain gets worn down. And by four o'clock, five o'clock, your decision-making faculty is gone. Your impulse control is gone. You know, it all becomes a shit show, right? After my, I have a saying, like, if we all... Um, if we all went to bed at five o'clock, we would all be thin. So um, that's what, how I used to the, not drink is I would just go to bed. That's the only way I could do it. <laughs> Great well, solution. Night. <laughs> it really cuts back on Netflix time though, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so the meditation in the morning is a system. It's a, it's not just like, oh, you know, ohm, close my eyes and clear my brain, but it has they're guided through your day. So you see yourself to the end of your day, going to bed, feeling good, feeling light, feeling like you take care of yourself. It's kind of practicing your day in your brain before you live through it. Because again, this is a really retraining the brain in who you are becoming, not what you're not doing. So we really want in the beginning of the day, when your brain is fresh, when your willpower is at the highest for you to be able to People love this because it really gives them a lot of resilience for the rest of their day. Then, then you have a coaching session, which again, all of this is short. It's like 10 minutes of meditation, 10 minutes of this like little mini bites of, of education. And then at night you have your hypnosis session before you go to bed. So it's got like, you know, a little in the morning a little during your day. So it fits into most people's days. It's not a lot of, and then there's a worksheet. And I make the worksheet optional because some people love to deep dive and do all the studious. Some people are like the excellent students. Some people are the, uh, you know, what's the least amount I have to do. And, and, you know, everybody gets, gets good results when they are ready and when they, uh, you know, when they participate fully. I have groups, I have Facebook groups and when I do a live process, so I am doing a live process coming up, but I only do a live process twice a year. So people will go through my self-study program. And so they aren't really, they are interacting with me in the Facebook group, but I'm not, they're not having like a private session with me. But like I said, the reason why I did it like this is in the beginning of my practice, I used to have people come to me for, you know, all these sessions and they would get, they would do well but I, I started to learn that people really needed to rely upon themselves and they needed to, that, that I'm there as the guide, but I'm, but they are the ones, they're the student, they're the apprentice making the discoveries for themselves. So the, the Facebook group is incredibly robust and people are on there. I have people who are coaches who have lost weight and they're in there guiding people like, cause again, I've been, I'm 27 years. I, I like to have people in my group who've lost weight, but ha are very much more fresh with it so that they can help people and guide them. Oh, this is what I do. This is what I've been doing. Um, but in the live process, oh, it's, it's, we start on a certain date 
and then we finish all together. So we're all going through all 30 days together. And, and then I do during those life processes have a, a, like special workshops. Like I have a carb savvy workshop. I have a, um, weekly, uh, coaching and Q and A. So it's a little more involved than, uh, the self-study, but, but both, uh, you know, it really, some people are more self-study people and some people more are really want the community and the live experience, even though the self-study does have a robust community, uh, the live shift processes, because everybody's on the same day, it's much more of an experiential mm -hmm. experience, I guess. Can you give me maybe some highlights about amazing results, but then also show me a picture of an average result? You know, what can somebody expect that comes into your program? Like, what is your, are we talking hundreds of pound or is, are your average students, you know, that 20 to 40 pound uh, weight? And then what, what does the time frame that they actually lose the weight? I mean, I know your process is 30 days, but if you're doing it right, you probably don't lose a lot of weight in 30 days. Um, and yeah. then, so talk to me about kind of like the, the spectrum of results and the, the spectrum of the complete. Sure. So I think, let me start by saying why people would choose to do this process versus like going on a diet or maybe even doing hypnosis with somebody else is I am really focused on um, weight mastery, meaning really understanding the inner communication, just very much like you, the inner communication um, system of weight management. And most people who who come into my program are stuck in what I call the weight struggle cycle, which is that they will they they're really good at dieting. They know what to do. They could write their own book, uh, diet book, and people would lose weight, right? Like so, th they don't lack information, right? <laughs> you know, at all. Um, but what happens is that they will go on, you know, like they'll go on a diet on Monday, whether it's Thursday or whether it's a month. From then, you know, they'll be good on the diet. And at a certain point, they'll eat something that looks like pizza or a brownie or something. And then their brain will go, oh, you were bad. Or that was a bad choice. Or you shouldn't have done that. Or you blew it. And in that moment, they um, they start to feel a feeling, which is a bad feeling, right? They start to feel guilty. They start to feel bad. And... Um, and, and this, what I call the inner critic comes out and says, you know, you blew it. Why did you do that? That was stupid, blah, blah, blah. And then this other part of their psyche comes out, which I like to call the inner rebel. And the inner rebel is like, well, since you blew it, you might as well start again tomorrow, right? And then what happens in that moment is miraculous because they're immediately taken off the hook and they feel good. You know, like they, they okay, I'll start again tomorrow. So making that promise for future action actually gives them a dopamine hit, right? They get that release. They've got a and plan. And then, uh, I'm sorry? I said they've got a plan. They have some certainty. They've got a plan for future action. And and, perf and, and, and in that future action, they're going to be perfect. But right now, they can now, now they're given permission to eat. And what happens then is another dopamine hit because now they're consuming probably refined carbohydrates or something, you know, like they're, they're eating something. And now, of course, 
very soon after that, the guilt and remorse sets in. But, but in that moment, there's a release, right? So, so we get stuck in this being good, going off, starting over, being good, going off, starting over, over and over. So when people come to me, they're stuck in that because that's become a habit. And, and a habit that has pleasure and pain both within it. And so, and then there's all the psychological, you know, the, the, the shaming, but then there's also the identity and all that stuff. So in the process, what happens is they break out of that and then they begin releasing weight. Now, usually in a 30 day process. So what somebody can hope to do in the 30 days is get a whole new way of communicating with themselves, what, what I call their inner coach. So they start to tune into their inner coach and turn down the volume on their inner critic, inner rebel. They start to recognize that they do have an inner critic and an inner rebel because a lot of times, like I'm sure with you, people are just reacting to their thoughts. They aren't clear that, oh, that's a thought going through my brain that's creating that feeling. It's not real. It's not my reality. So, um, so they break out of that and, and, you know, it depends on how much weight the person has to release, but typically people will start releasing weight at a rate they decide because we get really clear on the weight release process, but, but they, you know, so they might release eight pounds, they might release 10 pounds, but, but really, you know, you were saying, what about success stories? Well, I started the shift weight mastery process about 15 years ago because I had been in practice for 20 years, but so I started about five years into my practice. I have people who have kept weight off for those 15 years, like that have, you know, started then and have kept it off uh, as, and, you know, 40 pounds, 60 pounds, a hundred pounds. Uh, But I will say that the majority of the people that go through my program are really looking for, and, and they're, it, it, they're looking for change. Like the majority of the people who go through my program are probably not in their twenties or maybe even in their thirties, because I think you have to get, uh, beat up by going on so many, like you have to really be at a place of like, I really recognize I need to come at this from a different place. Uh, because it's a journey, you know, just like with alcohol, it's a journey. It's like, you can't, you can't go, oh, well, I'm just going to try this thing. It's like, I'm, this is, we call it a weight mastery journey. It ain't like a weight mastery challenge or, you know, the the 30 days is the beginning. And then I do offer um, a membership where we continue the work, but, you know, I'm, that's not to say that people go through those 30 days and they get it. They get a new communication system. They continue to use the hypnosis from the program and because they can continue to use the program uh, and, and reinforce those powerful new beliefs that they have. They use the meditation in the morning. Uh, they, so they they create this new structure that they are now then putting it because so much of it, I know maybe this isn't the same with alcohol, but maybe it is, is so much of weight management is kind of like running your own company. You got to be the CEO of your weight management. You got to plan. You got to think things through. You got to, you know, get the team. I call it the inner team working with you. And once you've got those principles in place, then you're starting to just rinse and repeat those principles again and again. 
things come up like struggle points, what I call those like, uh, you know, communication problems that like maybe because there's so many layers, right? You, you get going on weight release and things are going well, and then things come up like a stressful time or, um, or a divorce, or, uh, maybe even just, uh, you can't get rid of one of those sticky things like night eating and you get stuck or on a plateau. And that's where all your insecurities start to come up again. And you kind of have to dig deeper and look at what are those feelings and emotions that now I have to kind of work through. And it is a journey because I, and there's many layers to the journey because every, we've all gone on diets, lost weight and gone yippee, but we, most of us have imposter syndrome. We were like, oh, I'm at this, but I have no idea how to maintain my weight. I have no belief that I can maintain my weight. So it's really sitting into yourself and really very much like your journey, like it, you have to believe in yourself and you believe in your ability to take your, like I call it crossing the bridge, going over, like taking yourself through these difficult moments and being coming resilient. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. Did I answer well, that? It question? makes perfect sense. <laughs> and also speaks to how the brain learns in that it's almost like the peeling of the onion. You know, you cross the bridge once, but life is, you just got to turn around and cross it again. I mean, we keep going. And so it's new context, exactly. new levels of stress, new situations. So it sounds like you're able to get people across the bridge with the identity and then like anything real and lasting, it's a continual process where they have to reinforce, double back. You know, it, it's not like hypnosis is a magic wand. It but isn't, but it would be access to, to doing the work it, yourself. Like, what do they say? God doesn't do the work for you. He works through you or something like that. Yeah. You know, can't pray for, for results. Sure. You got to do them yourself. Absolutely. The hypnosis isn't, it's not like it's the wave of the wand and like, you're never going to eat chocolate again. Because I mean, like people are like, make me never want to eat chocolate again. I was like, well, you're going to be in situations where there's going to be chocolate and maybe you want to have it. And maybe that's going to be appropriate for you. It's like, but, but you can be the own, your own decision maker there. And to your point, we work a lot with vision. Like I, like when I was struggling 40 pounds above the scale, this was so powerful for me was I really got like the dieting industry does not, it's so short term thinking because it's just like lose the 20 pounds. Cause when we're struggling with weight, we're in so much pain about that. We're willing to do anything. We're willing to do cut pieces of our body off, uh, take pills, do crazy diets of really gross tasting food in order to lose weight because we're just, we really don't want to be ourselves. We want to be something different. We want to be out the, like, I'll do anything to get out of this pain and to lose weight. And so the dieting industry really focuses on that pain and that wanting to get out of the pain, but it doesn't really look at the reality, which is you really have to change who you are. I, I mean, like when I was struggling, I was like, Oh, I get it. Like I had a vision of me, not just like at my ideal weight, but having maintained my ideal weight for five years, because that's a completely different vision. And, and 
it's kind of like with business, because I know you, you and I talk about business. It's like, oh, yeah, that me there is making different decisions when she goes to the restaurant, not because she has to, but because she wants to, because she, you know, she's coming from a different place and she gets up in the ex morning and exercises, you know, because at a certain point with weight management, you're on a long-term plateau. Like the dopamine hit you get from the scale going down, it goes away. So you have to, you, you have to look at like, what is the payoff now? And the payoff isn't what you're doing or how much you've lost. It's really who you are. And so it's like, I really help people see where they want to go and, and, and start to live into that. And, and I think for a lot of people, the weight then becomes secondary to who they're becoming. And I, I'm sure it's the same with the alcohol. Again, it's like that confidence of, I communicate powerfully with myself. I take care of myself. I feed myself well, not because I have to, I'm on some crazy diet. And I have a term, I call it loving yourself down the scale. It's like, you have to start at the very start by loving and respecting and appreciating yourself, almost forgiving yourself for struggling and shifting into that identity so that then you, you have that self-respect as you're going down and you're not racing down the scale in some crazy diet, but you're actually figuring out a way of eating that you love that allows you to live at your ideal weight. And that's a problem solving journey. That isn't a being restrictive and good on a diet journey. It's, it's self-discovery. Yeah. It's, it's learning how to respond to your needs in the moment where the five-year version of you might need to want and want to participate in having a small piece of chocolate. And the another situation, it might be called, no, that's not what I need right now. And mm -hmm. being able to respond to your needs in real time instead of trying to live by rules. And so yeah. you're identifying instead of somebody who needs to lose weight or did lose the weight and is trying to keep it off, by identifying as a person who loves yourself and who takes care of yourself and who follows your intuition in the moment. Yes. And, and is on a mastery journey, you know, it's a self mastery journey. You know, you're, you're learning to master uh, yourself, your communication with yourself in that moment. You're listening to your inner coach. You're not listening to the critic or the rebel or, you know, the, the parts that drive that other behavior. I love how you balance that too. I do a lot of uh, work and we talk about the inner voice, inner critic, and I've mm. never balanced it with the existence of the inner coach, but mm. yet they're both there. So I love that really kind of sinks something in my brain. Well, you have a oh, master. Well, you know, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. J just to speak to that. I think so many of your, I'm sure your clients, I know my clients are highly functioning people. They, you know, either are great parents or are in a good relationship or they love their job or there's something in their life that they've mastered. And it's like, look at the way you communicate with yourself in that area of your life versus the area that, that like your weight struggle and, and think that's where your inner coach is working. And, yeah. and that's because you listen to your intuition, you listen to your gut and your, it, you, when you like, I have this joke, like if you went to work on Wednesday and you had a bad day or you blew it, you wouldn't pick up your purse and say, I'm going to start again on Monday and be perfect. <laughs> you would just kind of work through the problem. <laughs> right. So, so it's the same. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, well, for sure. But there's this resilient you that sticks in your brain and it's like, come on, we can do it. Just do the next thing. But we don't do that with weight or we aren't trained to do that in the world of weight. It's, you know, because we've got this weird model of on a diet, off a diet, you know, go to Weight Watchers, go on keto, whatever. It's like the system outside of you rather than the system within you. Not realizing that there is a system inside of us also, and that everything we think in any given moment isn't true. And realizing that sometimes we feel bad and think self-defeating thoughts. And sometimes we feel good and feel positive and strong and resilient and realizing, okay, what am I doing to get that in that situation? And how do I apply it over here? And I I just think most of us aren't taught that not everything we think is true in any given moment. Like we can choose, exactly. we, we can choose how we react to the thoughts and feelings as they come up, as opposed to believing them and getting stuck. Yes, exactly. I am. I'm so glad the educational system, but my daughter went to a school and it was a public school where they they really were social, emotional, really taught, were teaching the kids to deal with their feelings and emotions. My son goes to a different school. They don't do that. I wish the whole, you know, that it was as important as math or science, uh, the whole, you know, social, emotional, mental health piece, but uh, maybe one day it will happen. So tell me about your masterclass that you have coming up. Okay. So, um, my master class coming up is uh, it's really about breaking the through that what I call that weight struggle cycle. So what I get into that is there's really three what I see as three major subconscious roadblocks that people pretty much have in place when they're struggling with their weight. And in the master class with and we do hypnosis in the master class. So we do you get to test drive hypnosis, but the masterclass is really a guide into how to start to use your mind more effectively to break through that weight struggle cycle and to begin to really show up for yourself and come at weight management from a completely different place. So the masterclass uh, is it really it's a 75 minute masterclass where we work through those things. And I, and we will do a weight loss hypnosis session. So you get to test drive hypnosis and how it feels. So you only do this twice a year. So you're getting ready to do this. And is it free? Is that why you only do it twice a year? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, it's free. It's called how to break through the weight struggle cycle and begin releasing weight permanently. Um, and it's a twice a year that I actually do this. So the, the link in the masterclass, it's coming up. Um, so yeah, please come and join us. It's going to be a lot. I, I love it. I love leading it. It's super fun. And, uh, and it's very, people love it. It's very enlightening. Okay. So just to be clear, I will put a link. So listeners, you can find a link to the masterclass and that's coming up next week. And so you can sign up through the link in the show notes. Right. Yeah. April 26th. April 26th. Okay. I do have one last question because I know some of my listeners are smokers and, you know, I always encourage people to take one thing at a time. So a lot of people come to me and I'm like, we'll get, we'll get rid of the cigs when it's time. But do you have anything for smokers or are you just all weight management? I do. I, I have a free masterclass 
uh, called How to Stop Smoking with or Vaping Without Cravings, Withdrawal, or Waking. Um, and it's, it's, again, we work through like the major fears, most of the major fears that people have with stopping smoking, 80% of stopping smoking is mental, not physical. I, I have clients who, uh, are incredibly heavy smokers. I have this woman who, this is such a funny story, but pe- people get so caught up in the word addiction and the word withdrawal, uh, with regards to nicotine. I mean, the tobacco industry and the nicotine replacement product industry bankrolls on those two words because they create a lot of fear in people. I had a woman who was two pack a day smoker, excuse me, and she would drive, you know, I'm here in LA, she would drive out to the desert once a week, chain smoking, and get to a power plant where she worked. She would give the guard her cigarettes, you know, and go to work for three days. The withdrawal period is about 48 hours. She go work, work a three-day shift and she was totally fine because most of what drives smoking, that urge to smoke is dopamine. And the nicotine feeds it, feeds the dopamine, but the dopamine is the driver. So when your brain doesn't expect a cigarette, you're okay. Most people are okay when they don't expect to smoke. They sleep through the night. No, that makes so much sense. So if you don't yeah. Back to smoke for, I mean, I've been a vapor before and I was, I was shocked at how easy it was to quit. Uh, I, cause I thought there's no way, cause I vape all day long sitting at my desk and I was, it was, it really was the decision and I got rid of them. So I couldn't do it. But so, so 80% of the problem is the expectation. I Correct. See. Okay. So you're shifting the focus of the brain. That's yeah. Amazing. So you have a free yes. masterclass now. Is that live or is that something online that people can access? It's online that you could do anytime. Okay. So can so I? I'll, I'll give you the. I'll give you that link too, and you can put it in the show notes. Okay. All right. Well, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you want to share or circle back to? Uh, I think I think we we covered so much. I, I think you did a great job. I loved all your questions. I just want to say that I think if, if, if you are struggling right now with weight management, and I know also alcohol and sugar and all of that stuff is also interlocked or intertwined, it can be, um, you know, yeah, do one thing at a time, but really understand that it isn't your fault per se. So much of what we're dealing with, and I'm sure Colleen talks about this all the time, is just... Uh, it's the brain and the way the brain's designed and, and then our culture and it's, but it's not you per se, you have power, you have agency. And I think so much of any transformational journey is starting by believing in yourself and then starting to slowly and surely take your agency back. And, and a lot of that has to do with, I know Colleen and I have talked about this by, but by taking responsibility, but not like responsibility, like it's this heavy thing, but like responsibility, like I can do this and, and I'm committing to myself and I'm just going to take it one step at a time. And you make that one baby step and you get that, that little piece of you back. And then you go and you take another piece back and you take it. And then, and then people on any transformation, but I, I know with alcohol, I know with weight management, I know with smoking cessation, it, we get so down on ourselves, but, but, 
but what you get back isn't just becoming a non-smoker, becoming alcohol-free, becoming or sober, or I don't know what you guys call it in your, your world, but um, emotionally, emotional sobriety, right, Colleen? I'm not sure. I'm probably stepping all over that. But, or weight management, losing weight, but it's you get to feel like you are creating your life. You are the person, you're not having your life happen to you. You are creating your life. And I think that's what's so powerful. And you can, when you learn how to work with your brain effectively, you, the world is your oyster, but it's, we're, we're not taught it. We're not, you know, given that naturally. Uh, so, you know, don't feel bad that, that it's been a challenge for you. It's, it's a challenge for so many people. And I, to speak to your point, giving yourself permission to get some support instead of that exactly. inner bully, not even just a critic, but you ate yourself into this or you smoked your way into this or you drank your way into this so you can get yourself out. Like loving yourself enough to get the support, get a program, get a coach, get a yes. tribe of people who get it and invest the time in yourself. Like you deserve it. You deserve to be yeah. free of whatever it is that is your top thing. And then you can work on more, but giving yourself permission to, to, to support yourself and not just beating yourself up that you can't wave a magic wand or flip a switch and do this all on your own. Like I know I got here with health. I know you got here with health. We all get here. For with sure. Health. So, yeah. Yeah. Well said. All right. Well, thank you yes. so much, Rita. And it was so good to spend this time with you. And I miss you from the time we spent in at our I conference. know. Well, so glad we're connected. we have our online world, Colleen, but thank you for having me on. And uh, I really, uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate you and all the great work that you're up to. So thank you for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. You as well. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please take the time to rate and review the show so that other people can find it. I really appreciate it. And check out the show notes for any resources I've mentioned, including links to follow me on Instagram and join my private Facebook group where I connect with my tribe every day. I love it in there and we have so much fun. And finally, if you're ready to redefine sobriety so that you can feel excited about quitting drinking, follow the link to my 10 Days to Spontaneous Sobriety course, where I will help you eliminate, eradicate, obliterate, cancel your desire to drink. Because looking and feeling your best is addictive too. I'll see you soon.